0: Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are Beth and Katie, founders of Pre-PA Clinic, and we are so happy you are here. We help Pre-PAs start their dream career by showing them how to create their most competitive app and have their strongest interviews so they can get accepted to PA school. Before we get started on today's episode, we want to shout out to all the re-applicants and Pre-PAs who are really feeling overwhelmed with the PA school application process and who don't want to waste another cycle waiting for interviews or to land a seat. We have a private coaching package where we will personally walk you step-by-step to creating your most competitive application and having your strongest interview so that you can finally get accepted to PA school. This package includes it all from program matching, access to all of our courses, building your strongest CASPA application, personal statement editing, mock interviews, and so much more. Basically, everything you need is a pre-PA rolled into one package to make you the most attractive, competitive candidate so you can get accepted into PA school. Learn more in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. Joanna, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. It is such an honor to talk to you. To get started, tell us a little bit about your background.
1: It's so nice being here. Thank you, guys. So a little bit about me. I'm originally from Connecticut, but I moved to New York for PA school. I'm almost done with my first semester right now, so still like right in the beginning of it. But, yeah, I I mostly spend, like, most of my time now studying, unfortunately. But now that it's getting, like, a little colder out, I'm excited to go skiing again. And, yeah, I'm also just trying to, like, keep my plants warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay,
2: so we know you're in the midst of PA school right now. Can we back up a little bit and talk about, you know, kind of what drew you to the PA profession and why you decided to apply to PA school and what that application process looked like for
1: you? Yeah, so honestly, I feel like I had like a little bit of a start compared to other people who were pre-PA. So I went into college being completely undecided. I liked science, but I didn't think it was something that I would go into as a career or like take it as a major. So freshman year I was undecided, but I was still taking just general education requirements, so calc, chem, just the basics and then i actually really started liking the bio and chem classes so i decided to stick with that and then sophomore year of college i i got like really sick it ended up being a few different things but when i went to the student health services on campus there was no doctors there was only a pa and an np so that was like the first time i was exposed to the PA profession I later found out that my primary care provider is actually a PA, but I just (laughs) assumed that they were a doctor. But yeah, so that's kind of where I was introduced to the profession, and ever since then, I really liked how it combined, like, science with also human interaction, because I knew I never wanted to work in an office or, like, have a cubicle, like, desk-type job. So that's really where my journey started with PA specifically. And then, yeah, ever since then, I tried to, like, in my patient care hours, I joined the pre-PA club at my school, and then I applied to PA school the summer before my senior year, so a year ago from now, and then here I am today.
0: Awesome. What were your patient care experience hours then?
1: So I worked as a medical assistant in addiction medicine, which is also like very non-traditional. Basically, like as a medical assistant, I had the normal job responsibilities as any other specialty, taking vitals, checking up on patients, admissions, discharges, things like that. But it was in a detox infirmary. So it was very different. A lot of experience coming in and knowledge was more like pharmaceuticals because that's mostly like what detox rehabilitation is. So I know a lot about that, but it was also just interesting getting a unique patient care experience because I feel like when we do group work in school now, like everyone has a different outlook on it. Like some of my friends worked in like the ED Some others were like dermatology, I was addiction medicine. So it's just like nice having these different perspectives when we do like case studies and things like that.
0: If you're comfortable sharing, what was the strongest and what was the weakest part of your application?
1: I'll start with the weakest first because I feel like most people are like on the same boat. But I would say my patient care hours, given that I applied during the cycle where COVID first hit so like a lot of schools did decrease their patient care requirement hours but I was still on the lower end when I applied I only had like 600 hours and if you look at frequently asked questions or like forums pages like that you see like people have thousands of hours and they're still not getting into PA school so that made me really nervous when I was applying but yeah so that was my weakness I only had a few hundred hours and that's honestly like for most of the school that I applied to, they did require, like, 500. So I did meet that requirement, but when other applicants have so many more, like, it made me feel like that was, like, a huge weakness. And then for a strength, I wouldn't even necessarily say GPA because I did have, like, plenty of these on my transcript. But I would say just my strong science background. So as I mentioned, what led me to this career in the first place was my love for Biology, science, all of that. So, I was a physiology and neurobiology major, and then I had minors in chemistry and molecular and cellular bio, and I was in a few research labs. So, but only like because I liked it. It wasn't me trying to get into PA school, but I think that helped a lot because when I was getting interviewed, I think the interviewers realized that even though I didn't have the best grades, I obviously liked learning and like challenging myself so I think that definitely helped me. I also even one of my interview questions I got a D in one of my chemistry classes so they were like hmm do you want to talk about this? (laughs) Obviously they're gonna ask that it was a weakness in my application but I just talked about how yeah I got a D. Chemistry is hard but After that, I learned new ways to study, and it also made me realize that even if I'm not good at this, I really like it. So then after that class, that's when I decided to pick up a chemistry minor, because I was like, wow, I'm bad at this, but I don't want to be bad. Like, I want to get better. So I decided to challenge myself that way, and I think that's definitely not, like, I'm not using chemistry day-to-day now, but it is a transferable skill that I use in PA school.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important that our listeners know that you don't have to be, you know, perfect to get into PA school. So you talked about, hey, you were a little bit late to the application cycle. You didn't even know about PAs really until, you know, you're partway through your college career that you don't have perfect grades you have a d you had a few b's on your transcript and yet you still managed to get into pa school and this is something that we really really try and harp on our listeners that you don't have to be perfect you just have to be well-rounded you have to have some strengths and you're going to have some weaknesses and really it's what you've learned from that that's really important so thank you so much for for sharing all that information
1: yeah, no problem. And that's always the first thing I try to tell, like my mentees or even anyone else that I meet, that they're like, "Wow, how'd you get into PA school your first try?" And I didn't have that many hours. I didn't have like a great GPA. But like you said, it's a holistic application. Like they're not just going to look at one thing.
2: Yeah. So that's really, really great advice for our listeners. Okay. So now we know you're in the midst of PA school. You started it. Tell us what it's like. You know, everybody says PA school is really, really hard. You can't understand it until you're actually in it. Now you are in the midst of in it. So what do you think about PA school now? What would you tell listeners who are either wanting to get in or about to start PA school?
0: You're in the midst of the torture.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, I would say I'm in a much better spot now than I was like a month or two ago when I actually started, which is a good thing because there's hope for everyone else. But I would say coming from like undergrad where I was taking like several science classes at once, it wasn't that huge of a difference. But I know some of my classmates who like did take a few years off or weren't the hard science major had like a little bit more of a hard time with the content itself in school. For me, the content obviously it is difficult, but it's more the amount of information we're getting that's kind of overwhelming. A lot of my professors say this too. It doesn't take a genius to go into medicine. It takes a resilient person to go into medicine. So, even though it is difficult information, it's a lot of information. If you manage your time well, it is doable. And that's what I learned because, like, the first few months, the reason why I was struggling so much is because I was trying to learn everything. And that would be nice, but I was spending time trying to read the book, do the class notes. There's so many resources, too, and that can be overwhelming. Like, I was trying to do everything, and there's just not enough time for it. So what I transition to now is just not doing the bare minimum, but doing the most efficient forms of studying I guess I could say so for one class yeah maybe reading the book is better for that but for another class maybe reading the book is like extra or the main information is in the powerpoints. so I just like had to navigate through that first and now that I know what is most important I just focus on that and it saves time and also my grades are better
0: yeah I think you really hit the nail on the head resilience is key as a didactic year student for sure so what tips do you have for current didactic students or the applicants that have just been accepted to PA school and they're just about to start?
1: Honestly, like I said earlier with the resources, there's an overwhelming amount of like resources for PA school. We have the Rush Review, Pants Prep Pearls, Osmosis, the Mnemonic, whatever devices. I've seen so many websites for these things and i have classmates that do use like a lot of them for me personally it's just too much if someone is entering p.e school i would say start off with nothing first like none of those maybe the pants prep rules because it's just like a summary book but like go into it with nothing first and then see what you need like see where you're kind of like falling behind or where you need a little extra help And then try to expand into other resources. But, like, really what you need, or at least what I found what I need, is just focusing on the class material first. And then if I need that extra help, I'll go to YouTube or, like, I'll do rush review, things like that. But it's so easy to get overwhelmed with everything that's available to us.
2: Yeah, Joanna, I think you make a really good point there that there are tons of material and sometimes you think you're studying and you're just basically organizing and not actually learning. So it's really important for our listeners to realize that everybody learns differently. Um, Some people are more visual learners, some people are more auditory learners. And so just what Joanna says, like figure out what works for you and then use that resource the most, because it really can get overwhelming and everybody uses something different. So I really, really think that that is a wonderful tip. So if you guys are listening to this and in PA school or about to start PA school, you've got to figure out the way you learn and that way you can figure out what works for you. Okay, so we know you're in the midst of PA school. What is kind of your thought of PA school, what you think it was like versus what now? So basically what surprised you about PA school that you didn't even think about before you started?
1: I think one thing that surprised me is kind of what is expected of us. I talked about this a little in one of my posts, but like in undergrad, we would just go to lecture, you would learn in lecture. And then at least for me personally, I would just kind of forget about it until a few days before the exam. And obviously PA school is very different in many ways. One thing that kind of caught me off guard is the amount of preparation we have to have done before the lecture itself or the lab itself. So especially with Anatomy Lab, if you're going in to dissect a cadaver, you should definitely know what you're doing before you're going in class. But like even just for normal lectures, I didn't think that we'd have to Review the information before coming into class or anything like that. And then, even after class, the professor suggests that we just run through the information one more time. And then, you're constantly studying. Even if I have an exam next week, I'm still reviewing some information this week. Or there's never really a break because you can always be doing something. But this goes back to the time management, too, where Mm. You're not gonna be okay just studying three days or two days before the exam. You have to constantly be looking at the information and like putting it all together.
0: So backing up just a little bit, what tips do you have for pre-PA students who are in their application cycle or who might be applying next cycle?
1: One thing I definitely recommend is getting your personal statement done early. That was one of the reasons why I applied kind of late because one, I didn't have that many hours, but I still could have applied. But my personal statement wasn't done, and that was definitely the part of the application I struggled most with because the CASPA itself, you're really just putting information in there. You're putting your transcript, you're putting all of your experiences. That can be done in a day, honestly, if you really tried. But the personal statement, I think if I got it done earlier and had a few more people look it over, that would have helped ease my stress a little more because we were two weeks out from deadlines and I still didn't have my personal statement done. So I would definitely start that early.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a great tip. We find that you are not alone in that, that a lot of people are hesitant to push the fit because you're right. The personal statement is such an important aspect of your application and it is the the hardest to kind of actually sit and work on because you have to be creative, you have to be thoughtful, you have to be passionate, and so I think that's really, really good advice. So, so far in PA school, I know you've just started your journey, but what is your favorite part about PA school?
1: So academically, I would say my favorite part is anatomy lab. We have a cadaver lab in my program, so I love it because I'm a very hands-on learner, and this really helps me apply what we're learning in our other classes, and I I like how it's different than undergrad because this is obviously like more focused on medicine. I took other pre-PA type classes in undergrad, but we're really getting down to everything we need to know right now. Like we have signs and symptoms, how to diagnose something, what labs to order, even the mechanism of action for different types of prescriptions, medications, things like that. So I just like how everything is finally coming together and even... Things like in undergrad, I was like, in biochem, why am I learning about this? I don't care about ATP or like, I don't care about sodium channels, but now I know why it's important. Yep.
0: (laughs) So you said that you are a hands-on learner and we love hearing that you know what type of learner you are because we harp on this all the time that before you start PA school, you have to know what type of learner you are because you'll be most successful if you know how you learn, because that will lead to how you need to study and how you need to review information in order to be most successful in PA school. So we love that you know how you like to learn. And I'm totally hands-on learner too.
2: No, I really, if I read something, that's how I learn it. Like I I read it, I like to look at the words on the pages and I look to look at graphs and like look at graphics and that's how I learn. I don't actually need to
1: do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you're comfortable, do you have any financial tips for pre-PAs or PA students?
1: Well, so for me, as I said, I'm from Connecticut, and our state school, UConn, which is where I went for undergrad, they don't have a PA program, so I wasn't able to go to like an in-state program where I could get in-state tuition, so that definitely takes a toll financially because then you have to go out of state or to a private institution. Right now, I would say I'm in a pretty good financial standing. Obviously, I had to take out loans. But in undergrad, I didn't really take out that many loans. For the listeners who are very pre-PA still in undergrad, you're going to a private university. I definitely suggest transferring to a public one if that's an available for you to do, um, because that definitely saves a lot of money. I have a few classmates who went to private universities for undergrad and now are doing PA school and it definitely adds up, especially with the interest, not that I'm like a financial advisor or anything, but anything that you can save on, definitely do it before you enter PA school, because there's no way to save that while you're in PA school, like the average cost is $100,000, and there are a few ways to get around that, but like not many, and then for right now, I guess just some money-saving tips. I love to eat out, and I love going out with my friends, but that's something that I definitely have to stop doing as much because that really does add up. I just started cooking more, and that could be fun. I stopped getting Dunkin' every morning, which is sad, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's honestly saved a lot of money too. And then what I would have spent on eating out or anything like that, I just – Use for gas because I have to drive to school every day. But yeah, besides that, making sure that you don't have subscriptions that you're not using. Even like right now, I sadly had to get rid of Hulu, but I still have Netflix, which is okay. We're compromising, but still doing what I like to do. But yeah, in the end, there's not much you can do to save during PA school. Living at home is a good option too, but I know. Not many people have that opportunity, especially if you're going to a school way across the country or across the state or something like that. But yeah, any like small things do make a difference.
2: Yeah, I know you're so right about thinking about, okay, if you borrowed money from undergrad, you know, you're still having interest on that, even while you're in grad school. And again, most PA schools won't actually let you work, or they at least discourage working. I know I had to sign something saying I would not work. I did, too. During PA school, because they don't want you to have academic issues because of working. So it really is something that you're going to have to not have a lot of extra time on. You're not going to have time to make money. You will have tuition. And so I think that, you know, any little bit helps, as you said, you know, not getting your Dunkin', you know, compromising on some of your favorite purchases, because it's really just for two and a half years, and then when you're a PA, obviously, you'll be a high-income earner, and you'll be able to kind of indulge in those things that you, you know, that really spark joy in you. (laughs) Okay, so what do you think your future holds? So let's say, if you are to get out of PA school, kind of what is your dream PA career right now?
1: Right now, I would say surgery. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm very hands-on, so I... I like that type of stuff, but I am not going to make my decision now. I'm keeping my options open because I honestly, every time we learn something new, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. When we were doing eyes, nose, ears, throat, all of that, I was like, wow, I definitely see myself doing this. And then now we're doing infectious disease and I'm like, "Mm, this is really interesting. I could see myself doing this. I think right now, if I were to get out of PE school tomorrow, I would do surgery, but yeah, I'm not really set on that. And that's another reason why I was so in love with the PE profession, because I love learning so many different things. And I wouldn't be able to have a career where I have to be held to one specialty. I love the option of being able to move around. If I wanted to, I could do surgery for like one or two years and then maybe do infectious disease or dermatology or something like that. I I do like surgery and I like the idea of being able to actually physically, directly have an effect on someone's life. But obviously all the other specialties are just as interesting to me.
0: Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for coming and joining us on our podcast. Where can our listeners find you?
1: So I have my PA Instagram page at Joanna the PA. On there, you can just like DM me if the listeners have any questions about my experience. And then my personal Instagram is at Joanna Sherdo. Okay.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And then our last final, most fun question, who is Joanna when the white coat comes off?
1: So, Joanna is a lot of things when the white pill comes off. I Well, one, I'm a twin sister. I love telling people that. Mm. So, yes, we have a lot in common. Medicine is not one of those things, but I think that's why we get along so well. (laughs) I'm a plant mom. I love my plants, as I mentioned earlier. Trying to keep them warm right now in the New York cold. And, yeah, I, I love being outdoors. That comes from, like, growing up in Connecticut. I love going on hikes, skiing all of that and yeah just trying to relax and not get too overwhelmed with school
2: well thank you so much joanna for sharing your experiences as always all her social media handles will be in the show notes so listeners if you're interested you can check those out and we really appreciate you telling us about your journey we're excited to continue uh, watching you on your journey and great luck with pa school and everything and it's so exciting to see what you're going to turn out to do
1: thank you so much and i'm honestly so honored that you guys had me on the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so happy you are here and so excited for all that your future holds as a PA. Before you leave, go to the show notes and download your free Map to PA School. There are so many hoops to jump through and things to accomplish to even be able to apply to PA School and it can be so overwhelming and confusing. So, we created a Map to PA School checklist that will tell you exactly what you need to do and when to do it taking you from freshman year all the way to PA School. And don't worry if you were already a few years in, you can totally catch up. The link to get your free checklist is in the show notes. So jump on it and get started. The sooner you start, the sooner you begin your dream career. We'll catch you at the next episode.